Welcome to the Fantasy Take TV podcast for round three. A huge week this week. We got a lot of stuff on the agenda. We have, we're going to speak about our starting teams, how important Valley was, you know, much more important than last year and years before. We'll speak about some deaf primos that I'm not super happy about, but, you know, important to talk about. Midfield upgrade targets, um, who the top six forwards are. I think there's a, have a really solid idea at the moment as who, you know, strong candidates for top six. Speak about rookies, captains, and we have the Twitter question and answer to go through. Plenty to get through today. Um, got the two usuals with us today, Eno and JD. Eno, how are you going and how did you go this week? Look, I thought I went better than, than it actually turned out to be, which I think was the same for a lot of us, but um, 21.33, so dropped down a bit. I think about 4,000 spots to, to about 12,000, but, you know, still around three and there's a lot of... Um, you know, it's really bunched still. I think 100 points less and I'm like 20K. So it's always the case early rounds. But um, yeah, still okay with the way the side's at. There's a few big antipods that I'll be sweating for the next two months. But <laughs> yeah. maybe you guys can talk me into getting one of them. But we'll see. JD, what's happening? 21.72 for this week for me, moving up 500 spots. That makes it two weeks in a row that I've led the three of us, which, you know, I'm sure you boys are both keeping track of that, but that does put me up to two. to I, who, who won week one? It must be an NO. George, you got some work to do from the back of the pack. How, how was your week? Uh, well, I traded in a wingman for 700K. <laughs> mm, I, uh, that's never good. In, I traded shouldn't, in, have, shouldn't have started that wingman, should we? Whatever. I started at... <laughs> I traded in 2015 Aaron Hall, it seems, and I kept in the first player in history to get tagged twice in the same game. <laughs> I scored 2,055. Um, yeah, stuffed up my rookies as well on the field. But yeah, bad week. Um, not too, I think only 300 points behind the top 1K, which is not great this early, but you know, uh, it's attainable long term. Yeah, so. So yeah, we go, but yeah, ranked 33K at the moment. Not great at all, but still early. And I think it'll even out hopefully in the next two or three weeks and then we'll get a better idea of where we are at. I must say, me. like Leon Leon Cameron figured out that we stopped picking GWS players because we knew that he would stuff around with them and it would screw up our fantasy teams. So he came up with a new strategy to screw us over in Supercoach, which was to invent the double tagger role. So, I mean, you've got to, got to give props where props is due. Leon Cameron is thorn in the side for another year. I just hope they get a new coach. Anyway, oh, don't worry, it'll happen. It'll happen. It's coming. It's yeah. Okay, yeah. so we'll move on. So the first topic of today is talking about value picks and how important they've been. So one of the reasons why um, a lot of people that did well last year, um, you know, playing a little bit more of a conservative style, you know, if you didn't land, especially you didn't start Crips. Sisley's been good for his price. You know, Heaney's been great. Tim English, if you went Gorn and Grundy, you're most likely behind. So, you know, all of our pre-existing beliefs um, of, you know, playing a little bit on the conservative side, and I thought I was starting Heaney and Hewitt, and I'm thinking this is a huge risk. Like I'm picking two players that, you know, weren't premiums last year, and it's I was three value picks short of what the team should have been. So start with you, you know, how do you feel about your team? Like you don't have Crips. How do you feel about that? Um, and, you know, just the whole not having enough value potentially. Yeah, I mean, um, same as you thought that we was going into the season with enough, you know, throw in Raul as well. We all, you know, had to start him, um, had, had Hewitt, of course. But I think the big ones, you know, the cheap 
R2. And I've been carrying a, <laughs> a green ogre for three weeks and haven't got him on the field. You you know, Goran and Grundy, as you said, are probably a bit behind. But yeah, the wits, like I know Jaddy's got wits and obviously... I think the big one is Crips. Obviously, you didn't have him, you were behind. But yeah, the cheap R2, save a lot of value there and probably ensured that you got a Crips or a Hewitt or, you know, or all of them. So um, yeah, obviously a few value picks, sure, but doesn't mean we can't catch up. You know, I'm just going to focus on cash gen, ensure that I get enough of that. And then once upgrade season starts, just start smashing out the boosts and try to catch up that way and get, you know, get to a finish team as quick as possible. But, but yeah, of course, it's going to be playing catch up against those people um, for the next, you know, 20 weeks, really. How do you feel about playing catch up? I mean, JD, you're not in, the, you're in a good spot. You got Witsar too, but, you know, no English, for example. Like, how do you feel um, trying to make your way up the ranks over the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, I felt like my team finally kind of got leveled out with others this week because I didn't have Hewitt and I didn't have Crip. So I brought both of those in and it's like, okay, I'm kind of at a level playing field now. But then other teams were correcting stuff and either got in uh, English or Heaney or someone like that. And so it still feels like I'm a value pick behind, which is pretty worrying because I, I think, you know, not only did I lose out points and, and potentially some cash over the first couple of weeks, um, but yeah, maybe still like a value pick behind others. So it's, I think at this point, like just trying to trade my way to catch up to them isn't going to work. I have to, you know, back my picks in from here until upgrade season and hope that I can catch and beat some of those other teams as we start to upgrade uh, and find value and better picks through that part of the game. Because while it's not disastrous where we're placed at the moment. It definitely feels like, you know, I can't do anything more to catch up now. We have to wait until things happen throughout the year for us to get an opportunity to really climb the ranks again. Yeah. So I think the pathway to catch up is having really strong bench cash generation. Um, I know a few people might have a few weaker picks, might be still carrying an Owens or something. Um, the buy rounds will be important this year and saving trades if you can. So, I think those are probably the pathways. And then, you know, trading. There's a lot of safe options that we can trade into this year. It's probably about not deviating from them, but also seeing what opportunities present at certain prices. So a few players might be getting TPP. We'll speak about that later in the podcast. So we'll move on to the defenders. So a few defenders underperformed this week. It is round three, so it's probably arguably too late to trade out of them. I think it's very much about uh, holding trades now until... Unless you need a Nick Martin, for example, holding trades until upgrade season in about three weeks or so. So Jack Crisp, we watched on the weekend, uh, was tracking for about a 70 score. I uh, got some nice scaling and uh, last five minutes did a bit of work up to the 85. So uh, I brought this up in my video. Uh, out of 47 center clearances, he has two center clearances in the first three rounds. I think... His CBAs were about 50% again. I think he moved a half back mostly in the third quarter, which was when they were on top. Um, I know, JD, you are a fellow Chris owner. A very happy one, right? Well, but uh, miserable. How, how do we feel about Chris going forward? So I don't think it's bad enough that you have to trade him. Like He's not a priority trade or anything like that. But it is someone we need to keep a close eye on and kind of see how this midfield shakes out over the next couple of weeks with the eye that maybe Crisp is someone we need to upgrade later if we do have luxury trades. Uh, I think what was interesting just looking at the CBA data is he was still kind of keeping consistent. So 55, 54 over the first two dropped a little bit to 50. 
Um, and they had Pendles actually taking more CBAs this week. So I'm thinking um, with Dacos and potentially Pendlebury taking more midfield CBAs, we'll see Crisp rotating into the back line a, li- a little bit more, which I think will help him. Um, but yeah, to your point, George, this week, like when the ball was up in their forward half, I think in the what, third quarter this week when they made the, the big challenge, uh, he was in the back line. So it was just kind of unfortunate a little bit that, where when they swapped him around in different positions, he just wasn't near the ball. But yeah, I'm not loving owning him at the moment. And if you could, if I could, uh, you know, swap him for Stewart or Hall for free this week, I absolutely would. Yeah, I think we just got to ride this one out. I think it'll be, uh, judging by people who owned Crisp last year, it's a bit of a roller coaster every week where he somehow salvages a score uh, every week. So hopefully that's the case for us. So, I think we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Lockie Whitfield. Now, head count. Who moved on Whitfield this week? I did. You did? No, I kept him. I held. (laughs) Okay, so he scored the 95. I tried to make... 96, sorry. Pay the man. Uh, How about that? I don't think his role is good, to be honest. Um, No. There is a Big 40 rumor, our favorite website, that he's (laughs) carrying something. Um, Someone shared it in the Discord. I don't think he is. Okay, he's still well, he's still leading. Big footy never lost. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> it's on it's on the Rushmore. It's on the Rushmore. Um, uh, so so Whitfield is still covering the most distance, most repeat efforts, like running at the highest speed for GWS. These types of things. If, if he's carrying an injury, it just seems weird because it's not showing up in any of the running data, and it's not like they're putting him in a position where they're hiding him if he's carrying something he's still up around the ball being used to like in link up play so i think the likelihood that he's carrying a serious injury is pretty low i wouldn't be surprised if he was carrying a niggle but a few rounds in a lot of players are starting to carry niggles Uh, i just think that the role that they're using him in isn't as good as what we've seen in the past and he's averaging at least five touches a game below what we kind of need him to be to be a premium scorer yeah, it's like 20 instead of 25, which just kills a bit of the, the upside. So, yeah, I still think he'll be okay. He'll average like 95 to 100, but, you know, we're all thinking 110 he could get back to at this stage. I don't think it's looking like that, to be honest. So I'm pretty okay with the trade-out. How do you feel about it, George? I'm happy I traded. I think it's uh, – I'm not seeing him being a top six or eight defender unless his role changes. So, hypothetical, he drops a 70 next week. JD, you chilling or what are you doing? Uh, we're getting pretty scared if he drops another 70 just because the the money that he starts Cash, bleeding yeah. is pretty horrendous too. I think the problem is that like there's not really a good trade for him at the moment just because like he's 476K unless you've got big bank. Who Who is he going to realistically? I think at that price, it's Sicily. And you might not be happy with him because he no. played on Kerno for a no. while. No, he was just the four yeah, okay. No, no. So, I mean, <laughs> Sinclair's like 22K more, maybe someone like that. But uh, yeah, realistically, I think you kind of have to hold him until, uh, I don't even know. I mean, maybe there's a midfield mid price you can get for under that. Yeah, I was going to say it's DPP, just... make some swings or something, get a forward. I don't know. Yeah. Dan Rioli. <laughs> mm, don't know. I think we'll maybe cross that bridge when it comes, if it does come. I'm still worried about him, but yeah, it's still agree. Whitfield. He's a, he's a superstar, so should be anyway. 
I think as long as he continues to put out like, say he averages around 90 from here, it's obviously bad and a failed trade, but you can kind of just hold him until you get a chance to upgrade him later. I think if we see more 70s, though, that's a real concern because the cash you're going to lose is too much. Yeah. Yeah. So move on to the next play. Sinclair has been really good this year. So had a really strong back half of last year, starting to be used more in the midfield. And we're seeing it with, you know, Gresham and Sinclair in that midfield is really helping them a lot. Is Sinclair, for me, it's on slightly on the speculative side. He looks good. Um, just became a really solid player last year. And, you know, I think he's 27, 28. He's not exactly super young. So, um, but yeah, starting to come into his own at the moment. So is Sinclair a player, uh, I know, that you possibly are looking at? Do you feel confident enough in him or you're still not sure? I didn't realize he was 27. Yeah. Um, look, he's had a great start, three tons in a row. Fair play if you picked him. It's just like we don't, well, personally need to be looking at someone kind of speculative like that. Like Hunter Clark, is he what, two to four weeks away? Wonder how he affects him because they're probably they're probably candidates to rotate with each other, you know, half back to midfield. So, uh, yeah, I agree. That gives him a new look, like him and Gresham, you know, more dynamic, bit of pace, um, you know, heading inside 50. So it's definitely worked. He's, he's coming into his own, but I just don't see the need to sort of target someone that's a little bit speculative like that when we have a couple of other proven options that are probably going to be more affordable, um, you know, around upgrade time. Similar for you, JD? Uh, it's it's tricky. Just I don't like picking the eighth-year breakout. Same reason why I didn't love picking, you know, Chris for someone going into the midfield in his whatever it was year. Uh, Sinclair is got problems in the sense that he's also very versatile. So I've used him as a small forward, winger in the back line. And it seems like he can be a bit of a mix of a Mr. Fix-It. Same reason why, like, Dan Houston is always a bit of a risky pick because you just don't know what his role is going to be week to week. This year so far, Sinclair's had pretty good CBAs, more so than, you know, his last couple of years. So 32, 71, and 51 over the first three weeks. So that midfield role is good. It's just really hard to know if this is going to be the continued game plan going forward, especially with um, a couple of, like, of players that you mentioned, such as Hunter Clark, you know, potentially returning. So... Uh, yeah, it's of the cheaper options. I still like him more than the others at sub 500k, but it's not necessarily one that I'd be bending over backwards to bring in now, especially when you've got probably better value forwards that are under that price mark. Yeah, yeah, Zach Jones as well. I just don't know what the timeline is on him, but yeah, he's out as well. Hmm. Okay, I think you raised some good points there. So, just quickly on Aaron Hall, scored a 70, that's his worst score since. In being role. in this new role. Still had 25 touches, uh, 86 fantasy, just seven clangers. I think he just had a bad game. I think he was probably a victim of North just not being able to move the ball at all, could not control the ball at all. Um, not worried. Um, just the only thing I'm worried about is how bad North were. That was that was something else, that performance. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, not alarmed just yet. i just worried about North... He scored well in losses. So, look, uh, this is his own second sub-ton in the role. I think he'll be fine. So not too worried at this point. Would any of you be concerned about Aaron Hall given North's performance? Not particularly. Like, you'd think that benefits him with that many points getting kicked and ball in the back line. As you said, they just couldn't move it. Probably had no one to kick to, no one making good enough leads. 
because you know what he likes to do, take the game on, hit some hard kicks. So he probably just was trying to chew them off and they were just getting picked off every time. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> so, exactly what happened, yeah. yeah. But I guess that could continue to happen if they're this insipid again. But yeah. Yeah. Kicked a goal yeah. too and it's only scored 70. So it's a little concerning, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a blip on the radar more than a trend for now. But yeah, how bad North was was pretty concerning. I think the other thing as well, which... Uh, like, I don't know if it's just because there was pressure in the forward line, but it seemed to be less of the kick to kick where you'd have Zeeble, Hall, McDonald kind of all just kicking it to each other through the back line, switching sides and then exiting. Uh, so I, I don't know, maybe there's a few less points happening through that, but that also just could be because of how bad North was and how much pressure they were under that they never really had that chance to set up and do what they normally do in defense. So yeah, no, no reason to panic at the moment or anything like that. But just a couple of things to keep an eye on if you are an owner or someone that wants to trade him in. Yep. Next player is James Sicily. So he's had a really big, I think, last quarter. JD, not happy with this one. I still don't mind Sicily. I think we did see a very small stint of forward time. Um, and he was playing. They switched him to Kerno. So it's very much a, sometimes he's key position, sometimes he's third, third toll. I don't know if Kerno did nothing in the second half when they switched Sicily onto him. So I think there will be there will be a down game coming from Sicily, but they still use him a little bit out the back, and the scrimshaw is down. So I think JD's no on this one. So you know, would you you still like Sicily as a pick, or do you like him at all as a pick? I still I, I like Sicily. I just I, I have other defenders ahead of him. Of course, the value is good from round one if you started him. I just don't think he's someone to target. As in bring him in, do you know what I mean? Like we know what his attributes are. He's great kick, can can mark overhead, but yeah, the lockdown might just bring some bad scores here and there. So I, I definitely see one of them coming. I just yeah, not someone you want to target. Not someone I want to target. Of course, he's cheap, so maybe I think you know we were speaking about Whitfield. If you're unhappy with him, he might be the trade off in a couple of weeks if he's still performing badly. But yeah, not really going to be targeting Sicily this year, I don't think. All right, so Sicily's priced at 98 after three games. Do you think he averages more or less than that from here to the end of the year? I had him, I think, 95 to 100, so I think it's about that. Yeah, so I think like, he averages no, what he is now. Yeah. 98's just not an exciting, and not exciting enough that you'd want to trade him into your side. If you started him, it's okay. But yeah, I, I, like, I just can't see sidewaysing someone like Whitfield to him making a lot of sense at the moment just because you, you're going to have exactly what you spoke about, like, the variance in the games where I think you might get the the game where he goes 121-30, where he has the right role. He's not required to do defensive duties. He can just pick off intercepts and and um, chip the ball around the back line. But then you're going to have other games where he gets swapped forward, which was happened in the fourth of this. He has to play lockdown on someone because a CJ or someone can't. And he'll drop a 60 as well. And it's just like, I just don't think it's that exciting of a trade-in option now. Fair enough. Last player we have here, also forward, is Dan Rioli. You know, this is from your team, so maybe you can take this one. Uh, he was 85 average uh, without Hooley last year in the last few games. Do you think he can keep up 96 average? Maybe not 96, but I don't see why he can't average 90. Like, I think, yeah, obviously you had had to start this pick again. So if it's, you know, it's already, it's gone at this point, but um, he's been pretty good. You know, he... He runs with the footy, you know, ahead, you know, behind the ball, he can see what's ahead of him in the field and pick out these kicks. Whereas he was just sort of, 
you know, in really bad form over the last two years as a forward. So um, I think the move's been good for him. Um, you know, I know we're not speaking about him, and even Hugo looked pretty good too. So, you know, Voston's got to come back. So I think obviously Hugo's probably the one to make way at this point. So, yeah, if you have Rioli, fair enough. I keep holding on to him until, um, you know, he maybe drops a poor score because, yeah, or, you know, peaks at his price. I, I haven't looked at the price. I don't know what he might be able to make, maybe 130K or something like that. Maybe 150, but yeah, I've liked what I've seen from him. Nah, it's not yeah. worth a bring in. It's not worth a trade in, put it that way. Yeah. I think we'll move on now to midfielders. So I think given this year probably went, a lot of us went two Ubers, some went one, some went three, but still we need to get, it looks like most teams need to get a primo mid, get that extra captain option in. Is there anyone in particular, start with JD, um, that you're targeting? Because um, we know that, you know, Brayshaw might cop the Lockie Ash tag. One of Petrarca or Oliver in round five could cop the Lockie Ash tag. Um, you know, are you, is anyone in particular that you're looking to bring in or just is price going to be a factor for you, the main factor? Yeah, as I kind of mentioned, I've got to find value, I think, through other ways. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on price as well as scoring. So yeah, Brayshaw, as you mentioned, probably going to get another tag this week off a tag already. Might get pretty cheap. Parrish has had a pretty poor start. That might be someone that you can look at um, as Essence fixture starts to open up a little bit more compared to the first few. Uh, and then I think, uh, George, you were talking about uh, Petraka and Oliver potentially getting one of them getting tagged next week. Petraka obviously had a, a poor game this week as well. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe one of them gets cheap and they've obviously shown the premium uh, scores in the past. So, yeah, for me, this week in particular, I think, what score they drop is going to matter a lot because not only will it decrease their price pretty heavily this week, but then it'll also play a, um, a role next week. And that's about the time we're looking for our first upgrade. So yeah, anyone that's scored poorly, I guess this week or the the week upcoming are the ones I'm going to be targeting. Um, like a left field option would be Callum Mills as well, who dropped just the 70 on the weekend. So yeah, there's, I think going to be a few good options. Walsh, I was hoping was going to be one of them, but he, he, uh, backed up a poor game with a very good one on the weekend. So don't think we're going to get him much cheaper than what he's currently priced at. Walsh is a weird one because he didn't get a lot of time in the midfield and still scored really, really well. Yeah. Um, I think Chero was shafted the most out of the five. Yeah. I think Walsh had even... Oh, yeah, I think he was too. But Walsh is still very low CBAs as well Yeah, from memory. So... I mean, he can find the ball anywhere. It's not really too much of an issue. Just quickly, him, but, uh, but, yeah. when he <laughs> played mostly was. wing in, yeah. sorry, when he made when Walsh played mostly wing in twenty twenty, uh, he was one twenty average in the back half. Just like that. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah well, he, and, he can and do this anywhere. Year they've got even better extractors to help him in that position as well. So I think he can do a kind of elite scoring anyway. But what's happened with the cut midfielders? Somewhat what we predicted, right? Which is that. Uh, Cripps can go forward, Kennedy can go forward, Chera can go to a wing, Walsh can go to a wing, Hewitt can't really go to a wing or forward or anything like that. So uh, I think we're seeing the CBA somewhat play out with what we expected, which is Chera and Walsh maybe to get a little bit less and play more wing spot. And then you have the other three kind of as the main ones rotating through there. I think probably if there was a, a stat that someone could do of you know, how they're all their center bounces and stoppages have gone. We've watched, we've watched a little bit at Carlton because we're Hewitt owners and you guys are Cripps owners and everyone probably watching has. Cripps gets the first possession, he handballs out the back to Hewitt and he hits one of Cheryl Walsh for a kick. Like that has probably happened the large majority of the time. So it's working well for him and that's probably how it's going to continue. 
and their fixture, we've said this before, we said it last week, continues to be easy going forward. They've got a lot of very good matchups. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Steele and Walsh have the first buy, which is still a way away, but I feel like might as well target them post-buy, but it might just depend on the price. You know, Steele's coming down a fair bit. Um, want to see a bit more from him um, before bringing him in, but I'd be shocked if he didn't mm. um, have a bit of an uptick in his scoring because his marks are almost half of what they were last year, but it's only three games in. So one to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I think for me, whoever gets tagged in round five, by Ash, assuming that's what Liam Cameron does at a Petrarch and Oliver. I think I want to D's mid, get one of those two in. Maybe Brayshaw if he's at the right price because he's going to cop a tag as well. But um, yeah, just last year, I just remember his time and ground dropping as the year went on, right as when I brought him in. So <laughs> I do think I do think it's a bit more real though this year. I think he's gone up a notch. Um, and there's one more midfielder we, we really need to speak about and that is one Thomas Green. So remember when... Um, AFL Draft Expert was speaking about him. He said he was like the best first possession winner or the best contested ball winner um, at juniors that he'd ever seen, something like that. And it was more of a matter of when, not if, with Tom Green. Honestly, I I can't. It's How are you supposed to know if he can sustain this or not? I think the CBAs aren't super high, but he's still doing super well. Um, but yes, tweeted straight away within the first half of watching him in round one. I thought, like, holy smokes, this guy's unbelievable. He's just dominating. I think his average is what nearly one thirty, something like that. Yeah, uh, it's third highest in the game. <laughs> yeah, he's still five hundred k. I I'll pass on Tom Green. I think I've gone for Crips, but yeah, I just don't know if he can sustain it or not. And he does have hamstring history. Um, late last year, if that counts for anything. I think no one seems to care about durability at this point. We just need our plan for upside. Um, well, for the most part anyway. But um, JD, any interest in Tom Green? Yeah, so just on ECBAs, 53 and 45 in the first two, then ticked up to 67. So that's, a, I think, a good sign that he's trending positively in that direction. But uh, they took some of the others out to accommodate for the tag. I do have interest in Tom Green, uh, especially if I had a time travel machine. Can you imagine starting Cripps, Green, and Rao in your midfield, as well as like Neil? <laughs> you, like if you just ultimate value this year and it all's worked out. I think the hard part with Green is that, yeah, who do you trade to get him in now? It doesn't really seem realistic for a lot of people. Then he hasn't done it before like Cripps. So if you were, say, bringing in one of these this week, I'd still pick Cripps over Green just because Cripps has the history. Green doesn't. And then, yeah, Green's like coached by Leon Cameron. So that's that's bad. <laughs> that's that. true. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a bad. Uh, and then maybe to your other point, which is that uh, GWS have that first buy. So if you are considering that, um, maybe wait. He'll be obviously priced a bit more, but you'll have – 10 weeks, 11 weeks worth of data and you can bring him after his first buy if you were if you were really keen. I, th I think like the other part is GWS have been really up and down so far. So, And they haven't looked particularly good. So I don't know if things change in their team which affect him throughout the year uh, and whether, you know, someone like uh, Toby Green coming back actually affects him just because they have others like Taranto and stuff that they want to put through the midfield more as well. I believe yep. Hopper's out at the moment too. Yes, and that is a big that, one. So who knows? Yeah, because he was 56% of CBAs round one and then uh, nothing for last two. Yep. Yeah. Uh, still, I think, he'll, I think he actually will keep it up for the most part. Not 130, but I think he can go 110 plus. Yep. So 
rather than go to the rucks, um, we're in the rookie section. We'll speak about Braden Priest. I think he'll be a big topic this week. Um, we'll worry about that after. And then um, Tim English, we're going to speak about in the forwards. So we'll move on to the forward line. And, you know, I'll, most of the plays that are getting TP, DPP, apart from Pendlebury, I think, um, the more relevant ones will be in the forward line. So first off, I'm going to think um, I have my top six right now listed out. I'll see if you guys agree, disagree, anyone else you would have in here. And then we'll discuss if any potential DPPs can make their way in. So from looking at the forward line, Dunkley, English, Heaney, Taranto, Cogs, Butters. Uh, I potentially get Lipinski. I'm a one of the <laughs> one in a million who own Lipinski, but um, he could get forward status. But out of these six, do you see any other player currently that's not a forward taking their spot? Um and I would think currently not a forward. Can we also like pick forwards? Getting... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, so. uh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Go for it, JD. Okay, so I think there's three emissions that are worth at least a discussion. So um Jordan Dugowie is one that I'll bring up and like George is already seething, um, just at the mention. Not of... seething. I don't think he's going go on, go on. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so uh Dugowie's led Collingwood for CBAs over the first three rounds. Uh so he I think is someone that need, at least needs to be considered. We love going for people that uh get lots of CBAs and that's to go at the moment. He's playing a lot of midfield time. Uh and we saw him score reasonably well in the back half of last year with that. So I think that's someone that we can't rule out so far. Secondly, I would put in Trelaw, who is someone that we won't realistically pick just because of the hamstring history. He's gone 98 over the first three. His very first game, I think, was like a 76, but then he's gone 100, 100 since then, like 114 and 10-something. So he's uh, one that I definitely still have in for consideration. And then the last one is Duncan, who was one of the top price players last year. He has started poorly this year and is going to drop a lot of cash. But I think there is potentially some point in the year where he becomes relevant once he's got some match fitness and is someone that maybe from here to the end of the year is in top six. But in seven or eight weeks' time, when you're looking to upgrade to your last forward, he might be the one of the top six from there till the end of the year. Okay. Any, any of those three extras, Duncan, Trelaw, Dugowie, take your fancy over the six I listed? No, I think... To be honest, you've got it nailed so far, but I think we'll move on to ones that don't have forward status. And the number one man is Shrek, mate. He's going to get it. <laughs> He's going to bloody uh, get it. <laughs> you guys are going to have to get him. Or don't. Or just sit back and just get absolutely punished by the 150s. But nah, he played like 60% forward the one game he's played of the three. If he even gets up this week, that's, you know, he's only got two more games to try and reverse that. So we'd have to get Meek out of the team you know, or come in for Meek and, and play majority ruck to probably swing that the other way. So he's pretty much going to get forward and then it just comes down to how much you trust his durability, which I don't think anyone here really does. <laughs> so okay, I want he to... needs, Wait, he needs to play three games to get yes. forward. Yeah. So he's got to play the okay. next two. Yeah. Oh, did we find that out? I didn't. Did you not tell me? Oh, okay. I, I, oh sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you didn't know. Um, no, I, didn't I, so I think this is what happened with fantasy. So he has to get up this week then. Okay. Yeah, they have to play three out of the first five to be eligible for the DPP swap. So, yeah, he needs to get up this week and make it through and play a whole second <laughs> week, which is, I don't know, probably not odds on money at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but assuming Fair he enough. does, it looks, it looks like he yes. could be forward. And 
yeah. that that basically makes him yeah i think a pretty obvious top six of mine if once he gets up and running we saw him last year just insane ceiling insane ability to score and someone that you'd be looking to bring in especially given that he uh is gonna potentially drop some money just given the slow start this year and and playing more forward okay i want to go back two minutes <laughs> to the three you listed duncan degoey and trelaw trelaw yeah, i don't care i don't care about trelaw he's too many hamstrings and calves yeah um, and his role might not always be the same duncan i care even less about he's <laughs> he's probably worse at this point in his career um i just feel like the you know i don't have uh english in toronto right now i think they can outscore duncan plus not do their hamstrings then the other one is Dugowie. so Dugowie, i think is a decent case for i think his marks are down three uh, on what it is currently versus what it was when he was in the midfield last year. So it is a different game style. I don't fully trust the goal yet. He's played weak midfields, played Crows, St. Kilda. Geelong's midfield's okay. He didn't score super well. He missed a lot of shots on goal. And I think his full time might be more some weeks. I think CBS were good this week though, but it did feel like... Yes. Yeah, I think... He had, uh, a, lot of, he's had a lot of shots on goal. So... I think it was a little bit less than last week. So just 62%. Um, okay, so he, had, he was a bit more forward. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, a bit more than the last couple. I, I don't understand why you'd take Dugowie over the, the other six, to be honest. Uh, well, yeah, I, I so I I like your six. I think if I had to pick six, I'd probably land on the same six <laughs> and Dugowie would be the seventh, um, yeah. which is, yeah, where I have it. But it's worth just listing out Dugowie as a real option because the in all likelihood... You know, like Dunkley, Heaney, uh, I think, yeah, Cornelio, Butters, and even to an extent like Taranto have all had injury history. So the likelihood that those six are all injury-free from here to the end of the year, I'd say is like somewhat low, which means we probably need to think about who would be seventh or eighth. So when, you know, if that when we have to swap. Yeah. yeah, if we have to swap them, we're ready to trade someone in. Yeah. Okay. Enough. So back to DPP. So we've already gone over... Um, I knew you hated the build, so I just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let me tell them. Yeah, tell I, know, you want I hate him. To, just to just to <laughs> yeah. say bad things. Okay, so first one we have listed here is Bailey Smith, currently on fifty-five percent CBAs, which is a lot for Baz, but um, playing off a bit half forward as well. I don't know if we just—it's still three rounds in, but you know, given the CBAs. Um, you would yeah, think that he's a decent chance to get forward status. I like the I look of him this year. I would say there's almost zero chance because when he's not in the middle, he's on the wing, right? I, I would no. I'd be really surprised if he's starting forward that much. It's yeah, I guess potentially. I guess we don't know to another two rounds, but um, yeah, he's played really, really well in the guts. I think his run and carry is really useful. When he gets the ball, he runs thirty, kicks fifty. It's a meters game player. I think he's really useful for them. Again, I don't know if the CBAs are sustainable with him, um, given how many players like they even put McRae on a wing for a quarter. So I don't know what the plan is with Beverly. I think maybe one to hold off on for now, uh, but I think he'll be reasonable if we get him. Mm-hmm. Um, next player is Liver. Currently was pure half forward in week one from memory and has moved into the guts, but still overall 22% CBAs. Uh, any interest in Liver, you know? Well, I guess once he gets, the, if he does get the DPP, if he looks to be back in the midfield like he was, you know, majority last year, can't think what he averaged up the top of my head, but I, obviously I think it was around 100. So that's looking around top six, you know. Um, obviously you have to wait for the landscape and who, other, who else does. 
to judge that, but you know that would be definitely around the mark. But yeah, we'd have to see him get put back into majority midfield before we would be trading him in. Yeah, so one hundred three point two last year, but yes, to your point, as a majority um, yes. centre stoppage midfielder, so he'd need to become eligible, and then injuries or changing game plan or whatever actually forcing up into the ball, and then he might become a relevant option for us. Yep, so one to look at players. later. Yeah. Um, next one is Tom Mitchell, 57% CBAs. Don't know if he gets forward status, but definitely playing off half forward a bit more, like he was a little bit last year, but more so this year. Uh, less CBAs than Ward, I think, which yeah. is interesting. Uh, so the first two weeks he was ahead of Ward, it was this week that it kind of inverted and Ward took a bunch and okay. Mitchell took a step back. So he's averaging 82 at the moment. Um, again, we still don't know if he's carrying something from his early season groin complaint. I'm not comfortable touching Tom Mitchell until I see a block of form. Agree? I think it's always been the case with him. So yeah. kind of, yeah. It's the yeah. exact same conversation we had last year and then unfortunately I just didn't time the block of form because if you had him after the bias, he was really good. But yeah. Um yeah, I think he's easy pass at the moment. I'd be once again, I'd be surprised if he became eligible. But even if he was, I don't think you want him at the moment. Yep. The next player, currently a top fifteen midfielder, <laughs> one Patrice Lipinski. Hold on, I think this calls for an, an update. What's the? What's oh the, yeah. Uh, what's the bet at? Because what Lipinski? What hundred and oh, he got scaled down. George probably fight about that. That ruined my weekend. <laughs> they scored about the same, else. right? So it might he be scored still. 104. Rao scored 103. So Lipinski takes it by a point this week. It's 107 <laughs> average to 110. So I think it's about probably eight or nine points the difference. Yeah. Um, I won a week. With small wins. Small wins. I thought I was going to lose that bet, and I'm feeling okay about it at the moment. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Dylan Shield, don't worry about him. Do you, that, which is who you originally made the bet with, by the way. But Shield's traveling right as well. Like, he's going at 100. So, oh, it's not okay. like he's that far off the, off the market moment either. Well, at least I got two players to fall back on then. Yeah. Um, but, okay, Lipinski, 32, sorry, 32% CBAs. Plays off half forward, but just go straight in, in the midfield. I guess I sh- I've been watching him, so... He's basically, his running power is so good that he just does whatever the hell he wants. His opponent, generally, a lot of the time he doesn't have an opponent on him. He just you know goes moves up and down the ground. Um, he puts himself in good, position, good positions to receive the ball, to be damaging. Uh, I think his contested game isn't quite there yet. Um, hopefully he gets there one day. I know he's worked hard on it, but it just wasn't there on the weekend. Um Okay, so Pat Lipinski's for, say he's for 30K in two weeks, 440K. Any interest in him if he's a forward, hypothetical? Say, JD. Yeah, so I'll say no for now. I think what's worrying is that he's gone 48, 38, 22 in CBAs, like percentage. So we've seen a steady decline. I think the reason why he's really likely to get forward status is with Dugowie out for a week. Maybe he's playing more forward. Although, I don't know. I mean, Dugowie's been on the ball a lot. Maybe it puts Lipinski more on the ball. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah, more likely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it might actually put him further away. So I don't know. This is a, a tough one. I... It's just hard because he's quite down the pecking order in the Collingwood midfield. And even though he does lots of the other stuff really well, it just feels like we're going to have 
options that are slightly better and um, Pat Lip kind of ends up around that 95 to 100 range where it does really feel like a year where you're looking for 100 average out of your 100 plus average out of your forwards. Yeah, yep, fair I enough. I think I agree. Just probably we'll sit just outside or a little bit outside where we need to be once all the others get or whoever gets stat, uh, forward status. So, yeah, assess it later on. Yeah, I think at that point, by the time he's at price, you might as well pay an extra, I don't know, 80K for Toronto or something. Um, yeah, see how it goes. So I'm okay with the pick for now. So moving on to Brad Crouch, 49%. I think he's averaging 113, playing really well this year. He's always been capable of good average. I think his disposal has been okay this year. In the past, it's been poor. I don't know if it stays good for the rest of the year. Had some durability issues in the past, but he is capable of playing every game. I guess this is one where we can assess down the track, probably a post-buy, but... Uh, yeah, maybe he's more unlikely to get forward. It is up to 49% CBAs, but um, I think, yeah. yeah, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But worth mentioning, And uh, next one, we have Chad Warner, 52% CBAs. I think the first week was down, only played the two games. So he's been really, really good. 150 in the preseason as well. I, some sort of, I know his junior numbers were like off the charts, like 150 average in whatever junior league he's in. I think he's worth watching as well. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine him getting it, but he would be a, someone I'd be really keen on. I think he's going to be a very, very, very good player. Yep, and then last one is Ron Marshall, currently 57%. I'm not really impressed with him so far. Had a good game one, last two games, and not great. I think people kind of want to get rid of him for English at R2 at the moment because he's probably not going to be a rut keeper, but he's capable though. And they're playing the... I don't think Hayes got any ruck time, so it's still playing with the two tolls. Uh, sorry, the two ruckmen, really. Hayes is not rucking. So maybe he gets forward. I think it just assists down the track. Um, yeah. So he started out like 87% CBAs week one, then 52% splitting with Hayes. And then week three, it's just him and Ryder, and he's gone down to 34%. So he is definitely yeah. losing ruck time over each of the first three weeks, which means maybe he's carrying something. Um, was is my, my only thought because he hasn't looked right. He's getting less ruck time, which just like to a level which doesn't make sense. Riders just coming back from lots of injuries. You would think that they would ease him into that ruck one role rather than just, you know, smash him with it first week up. So, yeah, I think there's a chance he both gets forward status and he's also not relevant until something happens to Ryder. I think the CBA thing, like... Ryder's is clearly the better ruckman of the two in the center bounce with the throw up and the run up and everything. Like he's the guy for that. So I think that skews the CBA numbers a bit. Maybe it's closer to 50, 50 around the ground, stuff like that. But look, yeah, if he plays the next two games with Ryder, he probably gets forward status and then assess later on in the year when Ryder inevitably <laughs> goes down with something and then Rowan gets the ruck, you know, ruck one again, like he did a few years ago and can dominate. I think it's a good point. Just wait for, see how Ryder goes, see how his health goes. And then the last one we have is not a forward, but Pendlebury's averaging 105 down back. Uh, bit in the midfield as well. He is old, 34, <laughs> 35. I already have Hull, who's old-ish, 31. Mm, I'm not really interested in Pendlebury. I can see him doing well. He's played well so far. I'm not interested, to be honest. Um any interest, any interest in Pendles? 
if he gets defender status, no. which it looks like he will. No, I don't think there will be either, mate. It's the durability. He's he's had a lot of injuries in the last couple of years, and the you know ones that are keep popping up too. Like they're not they're not just little ones that go go away. Like he's had a re, you know repeated leg injury, and he just seems to be picking them up nowadays. So yeah, to trade someone in and trust him to you know play out fifteen or so games, it's probably unlikely. Maybe the old late season swap for an injury in the last three or four rounds, you could consider it, but. Yeah, that's about the only time I would, I think. Same, JD. Yeah, he's already not really value anymore being over 500K. I think the only thing that's interesting to watch on Pendles is that they've had two wins and a close game so far, and his scoring's progressively gone up. So it was a 88 in the first week, a 105 in the second week, and then he went 124 this week. Uh, so it's kind of progressively gotten up as the games got closer. I wonder if they start getting into harder or more uh, even games, if we do see more elevated scoring than what we've already seen so far. So while he's at a 105 average, maybe you could pet push 110, 115 if Collingwood start having more close games. And if that's the case, then I guess he is an option right up there with Short and Hall at the moment just because the scoring potential is so crazy, even if his age and injuries means it's a pick we'd normally avoid. Yeah, he's been legendary for Supercoach for many years, so can't write the man off ever. But um, if Zebul can do it, why not Pendles? Yeah, I think there's about three years age difference. So, but um, <laughs> see how he goes. Uh, maybe you'll look at him like as the last one post buy. We'll see. Okay, move on to the rookies now. So, I think probably the main trade this week is if you don't have Nick Martin, 100% grab him. He's at negative 124 break even. You might need to make a tough call on, I don't want to say Rochelle because Rochelle's still got money to make, but somebody has to go for Nick Martin. It's probably so, Dixon or Hayes, isn't it? Like people are probably tossing oh, up between those two. I know. I think Rochelle yeah. out's good. I think Rochelle out is fine. So like yeah, okay. just going through the Rochelle out. So he is, he's got more money to make. Let's not, let's not get it wrong. Um, but he does have a reasonably high break, even with a 42 this week, just because he scored poorly last week. Uh, Although, like, you could see him kind of bouncing back against Essendon and scoring well. And he's at 230K. So if you're trading him to Nick Martin, you're banking 130K now. And then Nick Martin should make 200K pretty easily. So that's 330K. If a trade's worth 150K, then it would mean Richelli would need to make it more than 180K from here to when you trade him out for that not to have been worth it. I just can't see that happening. Plus, if you're fielding this rookie at uh, F6 at the moment... I would rather have Martin on field than Rochelle. I think that's just safer floor with your points. So if the only thing that was wrong with your team is you didn't have Nick Martin and Rochelle was your only option, I I actually think that's okay to trade out. But yeah, maybe there's better options in Hayes or Dixon. Do you want to run us through those, Eno? I mean, I guess if they get dropped. like Dixon actually put up a decent score as a second ruck this week. But yeah, who knows what's going to happen when they get players back. I mean, half their sides out every week. So... If he gets dropped, I think this. If, I think if Dixon gets dropped, he's tradable. I think if Hayes gets dropped, I'd be tempted to still hold on to him just because of how injury prone those, even both of them are. You know, Rowan's had a bit of injury history too. Like you know, Hayes could come back in you know a month's time or something, and then still make some really really good cash. So you could just use him as a loop. So I think Dixon would be the one. If he gets dropped, I'd prefer to to trade out. Yeah, I mean, if they all play, that's the hard part. Is that when you go down the Rochelle pathway? I don't know. Um, what do you reckon, George? 
I think hold both. I think I'd actually trade Rochelle out. Look, if Hayes has dropped, probably Hayes will come back and make more money. Dixon played well, and he's still 102. He's got cash to make. He can get to 250. I think he was good on the weekend. Yeah. Well, Bailey Williams isn't much. So with Nick Nat, maybe I think Dixon can be the second ruck for a bit. I'm not too sure. I wouldn't be trying. I don't want to trade Dixon. Um, I'd probably trade Rochelle out of those three, to be honest. Um, I think, I don't know if Hayes plays or not. We'll see. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't know Michelle, and I, I still can see like he has another big score in him at some point, but it could be in ten weeks' time instead of three. Yeah. So I mean, he was on fifty, and then he gave away a f- yeah fifty. Kind of unlucky. Came from behind, chasing his man, but it was a bit too far behind. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, they had twenty touches against Collingwood, so I think he can get to low three hundreds. Just needs so just, to kickstart that score again. That, just a fourth option then. So Dill Stevens in the midfield. If you've got Rochelle, you could obviously trade out Stevens and then put Rochelle into the midfield. He had just the 23 on the weekend. has gone up to 202 in terms of price and is sitting at a break-even of two because he still has last week's 95. Would you consider Stevens over Rochelle as a trade-out? Only if he yes. Yes, only if he gets dropped. I yeah, obviously don't want to trade anyone here, but Nick Martin has to come in. But yes, I would because Rochelle's not going to lose his spot. Dill Stevens could. Yeah, yeah. If if Stevens loses his spot, then I think that's an easy decision. If he was to hold, would you still rather trade out Rochelle than Stevens? Ah. Uh... Yeah, it's not know. an easy. It's not an easy pick. I mean, and, sure. what's the answer? All, they're all picked. What's the answer? <laughs> yeah, like, and this is like realistically, there are some teams that are in this situation. Like, this is the only thing they need to do. They need to bring in Nick Martin, and they might have a situation where they've got like a full team playing. So, would you trade out Stevens or Rochelle if it came down to this? I think Rochelle has the least potential, more money to make. I, I think it's Rochelle. I can see Rochelle making another 100, but I can see Stevens also making another 100. I can see Hayes coming back, having a big game if that happens. Because yeah. remember, in round one, Hayes' big game, he wasn't rucking that game. It was like 12% ruck or something. So I, like it's something you've talked about a lot, George, but the Swans fixture. So if Dill Stevens holds, they've got, what is it, yeah. North, then they've got West, West Coast, Coast and Hawthorne. Hawks. Hawks are okay. So, though, but... Yeah, Hawks have been okay. But you could just see like three really good weeks of potential scoring for someone playing on the wing. I'll say Rochelle because you're not going to field Rochelle anymore because you've filled probably Cherry, Brody, Nick Martin, two of those or three of those. Um, I think it's Rochelle. I hate to say it and it could backfire, but someone's got to go and at least you'll have Nick Martin and everyone else will have him too. You don't want to be that guy without Nick Martin. Yep. It's a tough call, but it is what it is. Okay, next. I've lost complete track. Uh, next one is Hugh Dixon. I don't think you bring him in now. Round three, not really supposed to trade. So I wouldn't bring in Dixon, but he's okay. Um, Hoff, don't bring in. Gollan. Gollan should play. He had four. Here's the thing Who's with Gollan. Who's getting dropped, George? Who's getting dropped for Tex? Fogarty. Is gone, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, Fogarty, Fogarty. I'm not sure. Um, him probably and, locked himself in. For now, yeah. And then Dillthorpe has to come in soon like, enough. All this weird, young, average key forward talent. I mean, Dillthorpe's not in the team, isn't he? Exactly. Like, 
<laughs> he, he is going to be good, though. He is going to be good. But, like, yeah. I, I did hope watch, so. Weirdly, I did watch the Knicks presser because I was just trying to get some Dawson content. And he, Knicks did say, he's like, Texas look really good. He is coming in. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's just going to create some hassle as to who has to miss out. So, we next week, we'll, Fogarty will come out for takes, I'm pretty sure. We, Himmelberg and Gollan have bought themselves a few weeks, probably. So, it'll be those three. I don't think we run a fourth. Um, Golan, I think we should keep playing. I don't think he's necessary to bring in, though. I think it just let it go. He had very, I think he had under 10 touches, but kicked four goals. Port were down, key defenders. Skinner went down. They had no Aaliyah. So it was, uh, Golan's looked good, though. So I think just let it go. Not going to hurt you if you don't have him. But I think he will play the next few weeks, though. Be an okay rook. So just, yeah, situation, not much you can do about it. Um, O'Driscoll was okay. I thought he was had a few down patches and then did a bit for a small amount of time and did nothing for a large amount of time. I'm not endorsing Gibkiss to O'Driscoll. I think that's just about the only thing. Or like an Owens in the midfield to O'Driscoll. I didn't see enough, and I'm not sure how his job security is. With I don't know how fast wrong is away. I don't know. how. I think Monday will play this week, sounds like. And then... Erasmus, I thought, was better than O'Driscoll. I think it's one just... I like him. I, th- I think he's a pass, though. It's just not worth the trade. So a few people downgraded to Skinner last week as it was one of their options to kind of make their other trades happen. If they need to trade him out this week, say Skinner's going to miss the next two months, is O'Driscoll the best option or do you think just holding is better than trading to O'Driscoll? Who's even on the horizon? I'm not sure O'Driscoll's job security is good enough to bring him in. I think hold. I think he'll be. I think he'll play a few, maybe. But I just feel there's a few players that are ready to come in, and if Erasmus outperforms him again, then O'Driscoll is a sub risk as well. Yep. Uh, to answer your question, and I think the only other defender rookie option is uh, Jordan Boyd, who scored 36 for Carlton and probably doesn't have great job security with people to return. So, yeah, yeah it's either it's either like trade to O'Driscoll or hold, I think, if you are if you have... Um... I would hold. I'm not sure uh, Skinner's oh, injuries that he's that serious. That bad anyway, There's yeah. Wanganin Malira as well, who's just played his second game, yeah. but I think he's gone 40... He's averaging 47 at 162 price tag, so it's not really a trade-in option either. Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm seeing the last name Dow here. <laughs> oh, Thompson Dow. Um, Did you actually think? No, no. <laughs> uh, and I, I think that was what they call humor, Eno. Yeah, Thanks I just was surprised with George. Uh, you know, like he's the type of guy that actually like just yeah. fuck that up. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, George. Yeah, look, yeah. honestly, he's getting full time mid. That's all it is, really. Like he's not played much footy at all for like two years. I heard you know Dimmer talking about it. Twenty twenty, there was no twos footy last year. Like he only played a few games. You won't be able to check in the VFL, but not a heap. Um, what he got subbed off last week at like during the third quarter or something. Um, and then this week just played literally full time mid. Like, what was he, Jaddy? The he was the number one midfielder. I think he was leading, yeah. So he had 62% last week and then 83% this week. Cochin was next best at 77 and then Bolton at 63. I mean, I don't see why it doesn't continue. Like, he's done, you know, he's done well enough in the role. I think Prestit is 
you know, due back soon-ish, but, you know, it's off a hammy and the bloke does them for fun. So um, <laughs> he's going to stick around there. Maybe not he's... clear number one, but... Last week's injury list had him at one week. Yeah, so... I just can't believe anything. That, yeah, it's yeah. Dion Prestia, but... Look, he's looked all right. It's definitely something to consider, but it's you got to be able to get up to 190K and you've got to have someone to get rid of, and that's the thing. If Unless you've got 90K sitting there and you're dumping a Machito Owens, then yeah, you're not trading out Rochelle for him. You're not trading out any of these other guys for him. So that's the dilemma, really. He's an interesting option that's come at the wrong time. I think the yeah. most pleasing thing as well is not someone that was on my radar whatsoever, but watching that game, there were periods where you just noticed him and you're like, oh, he's done another good thing. Oh, he's done another good thing. And like, that's really good because most of the time we're, we're seriously watching the players that we own yeah. and like you analyzing everything. So to have him like not be someone that you're following, but just him stand out and just for positive reasons over and over is like, oh, wow. Like, you know, he's actually like a really good consideration. I just think the timing is probably really wrong for, for Dow. I just looked up his... Fantasy average, I don't have super coach numbers. Fantasy average last year was 73. And his uh, NAB league numbers were quite low. 12 disposals a game. But I guess he can show some improvement. So not doesn't give me enough confidence based on that. Plus, but he did look good. The surname's always a red flag. Mm. <laughs> Might have two Dows at your club next year, you know. Oh, if we're looking for midfielders. <laughs> isn't isn't there a third Dow that's actually like tearing up the juniors? Really? Like related? Who knows? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Go down that path and then, again. Though, and then some more players we can speak about. So Reef McInnes, just wait a week. He was good though. Neil Erasmus, uh, wait a week. I think he holds though. He was okay. Disposal was a little off. And I think that's why, which that's kind of what held him back a little bit. Um, is why he didn't debut earlier. But um yeah, first game. I think he, he'll be good. And now big Braden Pruce. 109 on the weekend. Bruce. This is interesting. So you are a wits owner, JD. And you yes, have I am. Randy. Yes. So there's I two scenarios Randy. here. If you're like me, you um, have Hayes R2 because you're trying stuff. Or you're in your case where you have like a wits or a gone where you have to put him at r3 start off with the r3 case so are you looking to sideways a you know say maybe rochelle or stevens or something to get in Proust next week at r3 is that a move you're looking at jd yes the the reality is the scoring that we've seen makes Proust very likely to generate a lot of cash for us um based on the potential and it also provides good cover for in the rucks. So, yes, I think I'd be foolish not to consider bringing him in next week uh, at R3. And now for the Darcy owner. <laughs> oh, Darcy man, he's got to come in. <laughs> if Darcy doesn't play this week, yeah, are you looking at the Proust move? Yeah, I got 40K and Hayes at R3, so I think I'd have to. <laughs> be, yeah. I honestly thought about it this week, but, you know, obviously would have had to forego... Um, I would have had to forego Bowie to like an actual, you know, O'Driscoll Skinner. So kind of avoided that one there in doing so. But yeah, I think if, yeah, even if Hayes plays, it's probably with the other rucks again and not really that appealing. So I'd just make the swap and sit Proust there. And obviously okay. only if Darcy doesn't play. But 
But yeah, we've still got to look at getting him in two weeks if he keeps this up. I mean, he looked gassed by the third quarter. Like, he was just <laughs> barely running out there. I mean, he's a man mountain, but he got through all right. So, yeah, I guess the other thing... You think he can get through continue games. That's like, you know... <laughs> For for you, Anna, when um Darcy gets his DPP in round six, he's going to be on your field. So yeah, I think you have to bring him in. I mean, my thing—it's probably not worth speaking about—but like, yeah, the English Darcy swap later on. Like, if I get English two, it's like you know, one of them is always playing at R two, and then obviously, yeah, maybe Bruce. But man, the rucks just a lot different this year, isn't it? <laughs> oh yes, it's good, everything though. is a ruck. It's good. It's good. Like, yeah, there, yeah. There are- there are teams. Well, we get cherry like, in two weeks, mate. <laughs> yeah, cool. but there are teams that will genuinely have like six rucks across their Ford rock lines because <laughs> you've got like I don't know. For me, Grundy, Witt, you have Dixon, Hayes, then you got Cherry, and then you bring in Bruce as well. You got six rucks. Oh, and then you could have English, yeah. So you could actually <laughs> you could get to seven. And it be a swap good that. They need to swap that thing where it says rucks and forwards, and swap them around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you bring in? Proofs a week early if you have Hayes R2. Oh, Can you help me? Because I've seen a personal question. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, nah, I mean, like yeah. the general answer is right. You never bring in, you never go early on someone. You wait to see the two weeks, you wait for them to get to the bubble, and then you bring them in. So, for that to change this week, you'd have to believe that Proofs has got really good job security, which I think from what we've seen so far is true. He got coaches' votes on the weekend and he looked better than the first couple of weeks um, of GWS's rack configuration. So I think that's that's true. And then like you're going to get significant um, points boost from doing this trade early or like, yeah, it's going to help you facilitate things. And Hayes being the third rack or potentially dropped or Dixon, right? Like you're, you're expecting 60s as the average. I think Bruce, you're expecting 90 probably on average. So you're getting 30 points probably this week doing it. Is that worth going early for 30 points? Mm, probably more than that, to be honest. It could be. Um, it could be as much as 70 or 80. I think I should wait. If they're named, I think I might just wait. I think Flynn will probably come in um, because if Darcy plays, it's That's Mick what I was going to say. Darcy they're playing each other. Versus, so Because they played Keefe as a yeah. fourth line. What yeah. four? You got Flynn there. Anyway, um, I think even if like Priest still scored well as splitting the ruck, I think he was mostly second ruck though in that Amy game. So ideally, I think I want to hold want to hold off for a week. If Hayes is dropped, I'll go early and probably regret it. But uh, what about if it's just Meek again and just Priest on his own? Just they both solos. I don't think that changes much. I still think he scores decently with or without yeah. Flynn. Interesting one, though. But, uh, yeah, I think he will be a hot topic next week if he gets through unscathed. So, oh, we have two more. Skinner, ankle injury, no reason to bring him in. Bo McQuery, any thoughts on him? I think you put that one in, JD. Because he had, uh, yeah, he had an injury as well. I think he's like out five to six weeks, so it's just yeah, oh, rip. not not real options. People might see them as having low break evens, but uh, his hip means he's out for like a month. So, yep. Before we get into Q and A's uh, on Twitter, we have Captain Options. I need help on this one because I'm <laughs> struggling a little bit. And honestly, okay, first topic: Jake McRae plays fourth quarter, mostly wing, bit of half forward, like one or two CBAs. 
Do you captain McRae against Richmond? Eno, yes or no? Is that the big C, the orange circle? Yes. I don't think so. I think the VC is the preferred option this week. Um, the thing Play is, Saturday that, night. I know who's like what loops have you got? So, see with me, I've still got Owens. Essentially, Hayes yeah. I've still got Owens because I don't have enough money to get. You know, I didn't have Rochelle, and there's no other real options to get. I already got Martin, blah blah blah. So, I still have Owens, so it's an option for me, but probably not for many people. So, yeah, I guess you're asking, do you put the C on him after VCing? I don't know, uh, you know, a D or Neil or something, but Neil doesn't really entice me. So, Mm, no, nah, look, we leak so many points. You probably should be. Able, you should be able to find the ball no matter where he plays. So, uh, I'd be okay with it. I think Dunkley, I prefer this week. Yeah, I just want to see McCraig on the mids. What are your plans, Jackson? Uh so I currently have Neil as the vice captain into McCray as the captain, but. I haven't thought about this too much. I mean, I think Crips against Gold Coast is somewhat interesting. I think Took Miller against Carlton is somewhat interesting. Uh, Dunkley, yeah, might be the preferred over McRae. And then Neil, I think, can have a good bounce back game, but I just don't know realistically what the ceiling is against someone like Geelong. It's just I've got the vice captaincy there in case um, Stevens or Dixon go out, uh, which is like potential other loops. If I had Hayes as my loophole, then I think it would be vice captain, one of the dogs, probably Dunkley for upside into captain seeing one of the others. There's a, another left field option. There's a couple of left field options, like filled with optimism. The um, Pinsky versus West Coast. I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say crisp against West Coast. For oh, oh, no. <laughs> you did not say that. <laughs> this is... All glory. We're going for Chris absolute <laughs> ceiling of a 150 this week against West Coast. Guys, what do we think? Vice Captain uh, on, on a more serious note, um the Melbourne the Melbourne players oh, yeah. I think are a good option again. So the Thursday night game against Port. So for those that have Oliver and Petraka, I think they're both good vice captaincy options again this week. Um yeah, otherwise there's not really a ton to look at. It seems a harder week to predict than some of the others. Yeah, but yeah, watch out yeah, for Mark O'Connor if he bloody gets named. Stay no, the hell away that. from Neil. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh, Andre Mahini, George, come on, you got it on there right now. Yes, I'll do that. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, I've, been I've been waiting three weeks for this game. I said just North. <laughs> Save me, please. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Um, oh man, I think I'll, I'll probably end up going Neil into Dunkley. I think. I've got a mm. good feeling about Steele as this week as well against the Hawks. I don't know. It just feels like he feels like he'd match up favorably against them and could potentially go quite crazy in a close game. I like obviously with the start to the year, I think it's pretty hard to actually trust him with your C. But I don't know. There's just like a, a feeling that, that could be all right. I think definitely Neil. V- I know you're not sure you like it, I know, but I think Neil VC for me, and then probably Dunkley C. Just PTSD. Uh, you didn't have him last year when in that game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he got absolutely uh, just blanketed. Fortunately, didn't have him. Anyway, uh, move on to Twitter questions. So you guys are gonna answer these, and we'll alternate. How about that? Nathan, so, meet JD. Trade Jack Crisp. No. 
Jonas asks, "Is Bruce if Bruce goes well again this week, will it be a must-have?" You know, I mean, yes. If he goes well and is selected in the third game, yes, he definitely is. Nikki Tyrell asks, "Who should be captain this week?" We just spoke about it. I think VC Neil, and then well, VC Oliver, and pick someone. Um, Shah asks, "Is it worth trading Rochelle to Brody?" JD. I don't think so. The it's a, it's tricky because you're going to get on-field points by doing this, uh, pres- presumably. Like, so if you're fielding Rochelle, then going to Brody, you get on-field points. I think from a money-making perspective, it doesn't make sense. So it's just whether you believe that the extra cash you might make plus the points on field make it worthwhile. And if you haven't traded much till this point, so you're still, still sitting on 35, 34 trades, I think you probably could do it as a quite aggressive move. But for most people, it wouldn't make sense. And there's also not a ton sitting there with, I don't know, what is it, something. like 60, 60, 70K, whatever it is you need to do, Rochelle to Brody. But if for whatever reason, those other circumstances lined up, then yeah, you, you could look at that as an option. Yep. Um, next question from Skeet. Does going to English make sense if English, you think English will be top six forward? I think it does to an extent. Um but bank just, 80k. It's not enough, actually. Now that it's 80k, nah, not for me. Not for me. You got you got Gorn still hold on to him. Yep. Theo asks, rank these three mids in order as upgrade targets. Callum Mills, Josh Kelly, Marcus Bontempelli, JD. Oh, this is actually hard. I, I would love to hear what you guys think about this as well. So I think I'd have Bont last at the moment just because the role isn't there. He does go seem to go on a crazy patch each year, but I just don't think we're there at that point at the moment. And maybe we need another injury or something to happen to really see, see him kind of get back to his scoring height. So he'd be three for me. And then Kelly had, I think, a really poor week. He's taken a step back in the midfield uh, with GW, especially with Green kind of um, emerging uh, as as someone, Taranto's actually been really good in there this year, and then you've got Cogs back at his best. So I can't see um, Jelly actually reaching his ceiling, and then that would just through process elimination have Mills at one for me. Maybe I'd have uh, Kelly last of those. I'd probably maybe have Bont yeah. second, but yeah, Mills. Mills was good. Mills is probably the only one I'd I'd strongly consider at the moment. I'd pick someone not injured at the moment. <laughs> Fair Jelly's yeah. probably going to hurt himself at some point. Bunt's okay. Callum has dodgy Achilles. He's a no for me. I mean, as unimpressive as Bont's been, I still think he's gone 100 in each of his games so far and is at 106 average at the moment. So, yeah. I think only Bont I'd look at for now. Uh, thoughts on missing rookies after the first price jump? I missed Hinge. So, is Hinge still worth it? You know. Uh, so, you've got to always think who. Who's coming out? But two thirty k negative thirty seven. I really liked him. I really liked his game. He kicks well. Um, he's got a really good role. So, um, that's tough. Like, what are you paying up up to get him? Who are you going from? Um, I think it's too late. I think it's too late. Um, to be trading in someone like him. But I still think he can rate really, really good money. That's the that's the issue here. Things you can average, what do you reckon? Yeah, you can average, you know, 80s. Yeah. So if so. he's going to average 80s, then he's probably still at a, like, it's this week yeah, where he could still make 150K. That's why I couldn't answer that one so easily. 
But yeah, it's like who are you trading out? Because it doesn't make sense to trade out McCartan or probably no. even Gibkus. That's why, yeah. So it's Gibkus, I guess. You you went for him instead of Hinge for whatever reason. So oh, I think about that. I do it if you need him on field. Like if you're fielding SDK or Gibkus, I do it. Otherwise, no. Yeah. Okay. Next question from Matthew English. Thoughts on trading Rochelle to Thompson Dow? Hey, we've talked about Thompson Dow, but I don't think that his job security or scoring potential is enough that you'd get rid of Rochelle. I just don't think it's going to be worth the trade in the end, even if he does make slightly more money from here. Yep. SC Hawk, who's your first upgrade target in the midfield specifically? So go through all of us, name one name, even though we spoke about this before. Oh, for me, it's got to be one of the Demon Boys, but they got to drop first. <laughs> I'll say all of them. Yeah. Agree, same. JD? Oh, well, just to be different, let's say Brayshaw drops a 50 this week and I'm picking him up in a couple of weeks. Cool. Deja vu. Supercoach MC, if you did not start Rao, is it a priority to bring him in? Who's quite, who's, who are we up to on this one? I don't, I think it's you, but I'm still, that's, I don't think it is a super priority. I don't think he's a keeper, which means that you don't need to bring him in. He's just going to be a luxury last upgrade for those that already have him. He'll probably make another 100K 100. from here. Yeah. Maybe a bit more than that. But yeah, I'd, it's uh, like if you could. I don't know, say you had 100K and you could go Barry to Rao, it's like interesting to consider that just because the on-field points you get. But yeah, I'd, like I, I'd, it's not a priority bringing for me anymore. Yep. FPL, Adriano. I need a gun defender. I have lots of money. Pick one of Stuart, Lloyd, Hall or Dawson. Uh, I'll time to get Cancelo just because City Manchester City's run's really good. Wasn't he an FPL guy? <laughs> FPL um, in his name, yeah. <laughs> nah, Tom Stewart, I think for me, he's still got 130 break even after he's, you know, he's just turned up three times in a row, only barely scraped past. So with another ton, it's projected he drops another 15K. So he'd be about 550. So I think for, for me, he, you know, as an owner, I think he, you know, be the one you guys who don't have him should be looking at. I think go through everyone here, JD. It was Lloyd, Stewart, Hall. Dawson, pick one. Uh, so, Stewart for consistency, Hall for upside, Dawson because you're a madman that likes to have fun. So, let's go Dawson. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I picked Aaron Hall and I kind of feel sick about it, to be honest. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> I just want points. And then it's going to, I feel like it just feels wrong to trade him in. I don't know what it is, but uh, I don't know. Go Lloyd. Lloyd's probably lowest upside, but safest. I think. I think honestly, I, I probably pick Stuart. Yeah. Caleb asks. I forgot. I think it's Eno now. If you have all the key rookies there, would there be no need to trade this round? Correct. Like me, mate. We hold. Is it too late to jump on Brody? Tog was up. CBAs are there. Worth jumping from my gov to Brody. That was should have happened last week. So, <laughs> is it still worthwhile doing that? Yes. Does I think uh, it is only cost about 30, 20. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wait. So, like, is trading in Brody better than trading in? I don't know. Say Dow. Yes. Because like you, it's ninety k more expensive. I guess it's points on fields as well. Yeah, you probably just do Brody. Yep. Yeah. Thoughts on Tom Green, possible keeper. We spoke about Tom Green earlier in the pod, so I think we'll skip that. Supercoach fellow Chris to Bowie, then Rochelle to English, or save the trades. Noting Chris plays at Eagles this week could score well. I don't hate it, but it's just not. You don't want need to be trading, and you're getting Bowie a bit late, and yeah. I think this is just his way of trying to fund English, which, yeah. I mean, he's this, looking good, the pinhead, but... <laughs> yeah, it's the type of trade that has, like, disaster written all over it. Because, like, Bowie's already made... Or Bowie's already made his, what, 60K off his first week. You know, it's the type of trade you do, then, like, Bowie drops, like, a 60 and kills his cash gen, and then English has a drops bad week or something. Yeah, and yeah, then like, you oh, hate crap. yourself for, like, burning two trades for no yeah, gaining points. Yep. Uh, Magic Gnome asks, uh, which less common cash gen player is it okay to jump on late? Uh, Nash, Cordwell, and Lipinski. Would you jump on any of these three this week? It's pretty funny how Nash has become somewhat relevant. I mean, I own him in the Dream Team and he's been really good. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on? But he's obviously got lucky with the job security. You can't be jumping. I mean, what's he, 240? Nah, you're not really jumping on any of these guys. No. They should be the probably the best of the three, unless Coldwall gets forward status. In which case, I don't know, maybe him. Yeah, yep. wouldn't be looking at them. Marshall to English, Owens to Dixon. Yes or no? Okay, Marshall to English. Both of you, yes or no? Yes, I think yes to fund it. That's the thing. Yep, and then Owens to Dixon. I mean, yeah, and I I'm assuming he's asking that. Yeah, George, because he has to fund it, right? Because oh, English is yeah, a little bit maybe. more than Marshall. So, yeah, yeah I assuming, think that's really good. Yep. Especially, if, like, yeah, I think you're assuming Dixon gets named, in which case, yeah, it's fine. Josh Pavat, this is for you, Eno. I, last I heard, Eno still has Darcy in the rocks. Just wondering what he's going to do uh, if he's not named. Will he keep holding at this point? Uh, I'll just watch highlights and wait for him to come back next week. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Daly Pitt asked to get Nick Martin in. Yes. Uh, we'll read this one out. Boy Lebs asks, is Alex <laughs> Neil Bullen an upgrade target in round six when he bottoms out? Come on, player. Uh, he, he, well, I think he wanted to bait people into bringing him in. And then he averaged like, what, 90-something the first three weeks. And then he drops <laughs> a 40. So if he baited anyone out there on Twitter. Blair, this is the last airtime you get. <laughs> Please shut up about Neil Bolton. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you need to pick a more interesting, more obscure player next to next week. <laughs> yeah. A next question from Will Stanfield. Uh, Marshall down to Proust and then Rochelle to English. Can you do anything else? Like, I guess he can't get Marshall to English, can he? So he has to do something else. Um more points on field. Yeah. And then you have, you know, English to play, that can play R2, Cherry in a couple of weeks. <sighs> I don't hate it. I think it's fine. It's a trade. It feels like it could wait another week, but yeah, I think it's fine. Last question from Barnes. Do we continue to ride out the Gorn Grundy while they leak cash? 
Um, options are Gaunt to English or Gaunt to Bruce. Would you do one of those? I think you just have to ride the ride the wave at this point. You've kept them past round three. I, like, I don't understand trading Gorn this round. We haven't talked about it yeah. at all, but if you didn't trade him after his first two games, <laughs> he's already dropped 40K and then he put out his best score for the year. Like, why would you trade him now if you weren't going to trade him after the first two weeks? You only saw good things this week and you've already lost a lot of the cash that people worried about losing. Why would you, like, that's so confusing to me that you would change yeah. after holding for two weeks. It's English, you had man. That's what problems. some tall albino can do to people. They are doing anything to get him. <laughs> Yeah, the only reason why I would trade Gorn is to get Henny's 250 this week via <laughs> oh. DPP. If he actually goes 250 and George has like vice on him and me, dude, I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll turn up to the pod next week. Well, and I'll be here have, with you, George. Yeah, I'll be here with you, mate. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I actually don't think I could stomach that for a week. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that is it for the podcast for round three. We'll be back for round four. We've got our weekly videos up. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. People keep asking me for iTunes. Uh, my iTunes is corrupted. When I try and reinstall it, I will need to find someone else's computer and then uh, install it. So I'm very sorry. I will try to get around to getting it us on Apple. But nonetheless... Um, another one thing, the the perfect nine, if anyone of the older people that played Supercoach back in the day, that's running in the Discord. So i only been one week of that because it... It sort of couldn't function the first couple of weeks. So I don't think the leader's on two. So a bit of fun. Used to be pretty fun back in the day. It's pretty much impossible to get. So, yeah. but it's still a bit of fun. So I think the prize is a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. We're paying that or <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from. Anyway, <laughs> was that like was that one of those currencies where like the conversion rates, like, oh, yes. uh, yeah, like a, a million to like $10 or something. Yeah. Uganda dollars or something. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, join us on Discord as well. Discord's about 2,000 members now, 3.5 million messages. It's been good. Anyway, signing off. And I pleasure as always. See you, George. Let's get that uh, six goal haul from Isaac. Only six, more than that. <laughs> I mean, first quarter. Yes. <laughs> JD, pleasure as always. Pleasure. I guess uh, in addition to not being able to watch Will Brody, I can't watch a Swans game this week. So oh, already the man matches I'm watching a week is going down. So, but, but yeah, thanks thanks for the chat. It was, a, it was a good one this week. Yeah, negative pods. We don't watch those games. Anyway, uh, thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you guys next week.